0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Darryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Mordecai discovers a plot against King Xerxes. Haman is promoted, but when Mordecai refuses to bow to him, Haman plots to destroy the Jews. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Esther chapter 2 on Simply the Bible. Yesterday, we saw that
0: of all the young women that were brought to King Ahasuerus of Persia, Esther, who was Jewish, pleased him the most and was made queen. But she did not tell the king about her nationality. We continue in Esther chapter 2, verse 19. When virgins were gathered together a second time, Mordecai sat within the king's gate. Now Esther had not revealed her family and her people, just as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. Since Esther was already made queen, then why were these virgins gathered a second time? perhaps to send them home, or maybe because Ahasuerus was still adding to his harem. Now, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, which was the place where judgments and decisions were made. Perhaps Esther put in a good word for her cousin Mordecai to get him that job. Even though Esther was the queen of all Persia, she still respected her elder cousin who had been as a father to her, Mordecai told Esther not to reveal that she was Jewish, and she obeyed. In this, we see the beautiful spirit of Esther. Peter, writing to wives in the church, said, "'Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within.'" The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. That gentle, quiet, and submissive spirit is beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Now, in those days, while Mordecai sat within the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs, Bigthan and Tiresh, doorkeepers, became furious and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. So the matter became known to Mordecai, who told Queen Esther, and Esther informed the king in Mordecai's name. And when an inquiry was made into the matter, it was confirmed, and both were hanged on a gallows, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. We don't know what inflamed the passion of these two eunuchs against the king, but whatever it was, they sought to assassinate him. Mordecai was in the right place at the right time and reported the plot to Esther, who in turn told the king. After investigating the matter, the king hung these two potential assassins on the gallows, which probably means that they were impaled. An entry was made in the king's records and credit was given to Mordecai. Now, keep that detail in mind. After these things, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, the son of Hammedatha the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes who were with him. And all the king's servants, who were within the king's gate, bowed and paid homage to Haman, for so the king had commanded concerning him. Over time, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman above all the princes. He was an Agagite. Agag was the name of the Amalekite king that the Lord ordered King Saul to kill hundreds of years earlier. In fact, God told Saul to completely wipe out the Amalekites, destroying both man and beast. The reason was that when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, the Amalekites attacked them from the rear where the elderly and weak were lagging behind. Moses commanded Joshua to fight against them, and God gave a great victory to Israel. Then God told Moses to write down for Joshua's sake that he would utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. You must understand that Amalek in the scripture is a type or a symbol of the flesh, and the flesh will always war against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. Later, when King Saul disobeyed the commandment of the Lord to wipe out Amalek, then God rejected him as king. Now, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman to be above all the princes, so that all the king's servants bowed down to him. When the wicked are promoted, the people groan. But nothing happens outside of God's sovereignty. And God had other plans for Haman, as we shall see. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. And the king's servants, who were within the king's gate, said to Mordecai, Why do you transgress the king's command? Now it happened when they spoke to him daily, and he would not listen to them, that they told it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand for Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. Now, why wouldn't Mordecai bow to Haman? Jews were not above paying respect to human rulers in this way. Joseph's brothers bowed down to Joseph, thinking that he was an Egyptian official. David bowed down to Saul, and others bowed down before David. So it must be that Mordecai knew that Haman was an enemy of the Lord. If we are truly God's people, then we must love what God loves and hate what God hates. Saul made the mistake of being too lenient on the Amalekites. Mordecai would not repeat the same mistake. This brings up the issue of civil disobedience. There is a time to disobey governmental authority when to submit to it would cause us to disobey God. We are reminded of what Peter and the other apostles said to the Jewish Sanhedrin when they commanded them not to speak in the name of Jesus. They said, we ought to obey God rather than man. The king's servants questioned Mordecai, why do you transgress the king's commands? But Mordecai wouldn't listen. Therefore, they reported it to Haman. When Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay him homage Haman was filled with wrath, but he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people of Mordecai. Instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, the people of Mordecai. Haman was a very proud man and a hothead. Because he felt disrespected by Mordecai, who was a Jew, then not only would he punish Mordecai, but he would wipe out all the Jews throughout the Persian Empire. This demonstrates how overreaching revenge can be. In the first month, which is the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast Pur, that is the lot, before Haman to determine the day and the month until it fell on the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar, Haman cast lots, or dice, to see when the favorable time would be to slaughter the Jews. Pur was another name for lot, from which the Jews would later name the memorial of this account the Feast of Purim. It is easy to see God's hand of intervention. Haman sought the counsel of his gods, but the Lord allowed the time to be 11 months away. That would give the Jews time to prepare. Proverbs 16.33 says, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from all other people's, and they do not keep the king's laws. Therefore, it is not fitting for the king to let them remain. If it pleases the king, let a decree be written that they be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who do the work to bring it into the king's treasuries. Haman made a very cunning case before the king to exterminate the Jews. This was genocide. But the king put such trust in Haman that he didn't even question it. The one statement Haman made that was true was that the Jewish laws were different. God gave his holy law to the Jews that was set apart from all the other laws of the nations. But other than Mordecai refusing to bow to Haman, there's no evidence that the Jews disobeyed the king's laws. Haman promised to put a very great amount of money into the king's treasury if he would issue the decree. So the king took his signet ring from his hand, gave it to Haman, the son of Hammedatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. And the king said to Haman, the money and the people are given to you to do with them as seems good to you. So the king gave Haman his power of attorney, if you will, his signet ring to write whatever decree that he wanted, and also the money that would belong to the Jews. So he gave the Jews into his hands as well as their possessions. Then the king's scribes were called on the 13th day of the first month, and a decree was written according to all that Haman commanded to the king's satraps, to the governors who were over each province, to the officials of all people, to every province according to its script, and to every people in their language, in the name of King Ahasuerus, it was written and sealed with the king's signet ring. And the letters were sent by couriers into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all the Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day, on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to plunder their possessions. A copy of the document was to be issued as law in every province being published for all people that they should be ready for that day. The couriers went out hastened by the king's command and the decree was proclaimed in Shushan the citadel. So the king and Haman sat down to drink. But the city of Shushan was perplexed. So the decree was written... To exterminate the Jews, the letters sent out throughout the 127 provinces of the Persian Empire. Meanwhile, the king and Haman had a drinking party. They were so heartless about this decree that had just been given. Now, it is not difficult to see here a foretaste of Hitler and later the Antichrist. These men would seek to utterly destroy the Jews. Now, to this day, when the Jews celebrate the Feast of Purim, they read the book of Esther. And whenever the name of Haman is read, they all stomp their feet and say, May his name be blotted out. And thus, this book becomes very important to the Jews to show what God will do to those who would seek to stomp out the Jews. The wicked hate the righteous. In this world, things are not always fair. It was not fair that all the Jews should suffer in this way and be threatened with extermination. It was not fair that Jesus should be crucified. But God is always watching. And in His time, He will reward each person according to what He does, whether good or evil.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208 319 Forty-eight sixty. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow we'll see where Mordecai learns of the decree to destroy the Jews and mourns in sackcloth, refusing to be comforted. He tells Esther to entreat the king to save her people, for perhaps God has brought her to the throne for such a time as this. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Esther on Simply the Bible.